Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with LeVar Arrington, Jonas Knox, and myself, Brady Quinn. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here, Brady. Uh oh, what is it? What's it called? A bass trigger. Oh yeah. yeah. Who is this? Ice Cube. Uh, is, that, yeah, is that who this is? Hey man, way to hey, kill the vibe, who is, dude. Hey, who who is this? Yeah, you don't even know, man. Yeah, yeah you don't get it's it. Method man. Yeah, yeah. Who, who is this? Yeah, you don't know about the pride of Bakersfield. Corn. You don't know nothing, man. Uh, it's two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio. It's LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app, and you can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are, making us a part of your Monday morning. We appreciate you doing so. It is the Monday after the Week 18 in the NFL for the first time ever. Uh, a classic matchup between the Chargers and the Raiders that we're going to get into a little bit later on. Uh, but there was also another game involving an L.A. team, uh, this one in L.A., although it felt like it was in uh, up in the Bay Area uh, at Levi Stadium uh, because at SoFi, uh, there was a swarm of 49er fans who showed up, and yet again, here we go again, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers get it done over the L.A. Rams. That's now six straight wins. The 49ers getting it done in overtime. They are on to the playoffs. But this was uh, this is uh, the 49ers after going down early. Jimmy Garoppolo clearly not 100%. And they go into SoFi, take care of business. And now San Fran is in the postseason, Brady Quinn, uh, where a lot of people thought they might be. But after all the issues they had, we're a little bit surprised they got there at the end. A few takeaways. For starters, the NFC West. Um, they get three teams in. We, we thought that was the, one of the best divisions, if not the best, in the NFL. I, I think they've made their case. And, and by the way, if Seattle's your floor, and they ended up being, what, 7-10 and 10 this season? I believe so, yeah. And how many games did Russell Wilson miss? Three? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- think about how different Seattle's season could have been if he's healthy doesn't not only doesn't miss the three games but doesn't try to rush to come back and then play with a mallet finger before he was ready admittedly so I mean that's just how good this division was so uh, what a again what a weekend of football I know we started off the show saying that but this was one of those games that I think there were some defining moments now ultimately it doesn't matter for the Rams right because of how the Arizona Cardinals Seattle Seahawks game played out didn't end up mattering for the Rams. They still win the NFC West. But I think from a standpoint of momentum, confidence, all those things, you can't feel good about where they're at. And Cam Akers, you know, got to play a little bit in this one on a pitch count. Didn't really have much of an impact. You know, I, Matt Stafford, I think you've got to have a lot of questions about him now. I think he has three touchdown passes to five interceptions coming into the game. You know, now he's, what, six touchdown passes to seven interceptions after this thing? I mean, he hasn't been playing his best football the past few weeks. Garoppolo, on the other hand, as you said, banged up. But that's, it's a pretty gutty, solid performance for him. You know, to, to realize what he's dealing with, still find a way to help this team get a win. And then Debo Samuel. Mm. You know, what more can you say about him? 
and, and he's not a, uh, he's not a, just a wide receiver. He's he's at times whatever a running back. He throws a touchdown pass. He's just a football player. Like I don't care what team you put him on. I don't care where you put him. That dude's going to succeed. He's just that sort of athlete, that sort of player. Like he's that guy that I think everyone would love to play with and every coach would love to coach because he just goes out there and finds ways of winning. He's that type of player. Yeah, he definitely is and you know, when I looked at the game, I I kind of I felt as though first thing I thought was is is Garoppolo positioning himself by the way he's playing right now to be the guy next year. That's the first thing I thought of and I I'm, I guess I'm assuming that whatever happens in the playoffs will ultimately maybe dictate what what that ultimate ultimate outcome will be but man if I'm if I'm Trey Lance I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this thing like I don't know how to feel you you got to be conflicted at their ability to to right the ship so to speak uh this this season and find their way into the tournament you get into the tournament, you do what you need to do, and you're Jimmy Garoppolo, which keep in mind, as long as you got Armstead and 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 Bosa and and Warner and those guys on on that defense, you've got a chance defensively to dominate a game enough where all Garoppolo has to do is what he did the first time around when they made it to the Super Bowl, which is make sure you just don't mess it up. And if they follow that, if they follow that model, I don't, I mean, they have just as good a chance as anybody else in in the NFC side of the tournament to to make a run and make a push. Uh, they're getting Dallas in the opening round. If, yep. you, if you're Dallas, I, I'm I don't, nervous. Yeah, I, I'm and, nervous. and especially Dallas, who has been so up and down to where there's times where you think, man, this team's got all the talent in the world, and then there's other weeks where it's just like, well, they just don't show up. And Dak Prescott can say, well, you know, line them up. We don't care who it is. Line them all up. But, Brady, I mean, if you're seeing the 49ers after what they've done coming into your place next weekend, I don't know that that's just a shoe-in victory for Dallas that they can think they're on to the next round, uh, banged up Jimmy Garoppolo or not. I don't know. Are any of the teams outside of Green Bay, and, and I get they lost, but Rodgers, who, by the way, did hit the over of series play. I think he played four in that game. Yes, he did. Um, that was one of our prop bets. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that outside of Green Bay, I mean, are you that concerned with any team? And it's, it's no disrespect for the, to the Bucks who are sitting right there at the number two seed, but they're pretty banged up. And, 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 I mean, you never bet against Tom Brady, but they're just not the same team they were last year going into the playoffs. I think you look at all these teams in the NFC and you just you go, yeah, I could see any one of them pulling off an upset. I, I said it before, like, Philly's one of those teams that, yeah, you, you, catch, you catch them at the right time with the way it hurts and they could run the football, also create some big plays and the way their defense is played. Like, yeah, that could become an issue for any one of these teams or in particular Tampa Bay in the wild card round. So, it's it's going to be a fascinating playoffs for us because I think this has been one of the better years in regards to parity where we feel like some of the top teams or the more dominant teams or the teams that have traditionally been you know a part of it yeah they're still a part of the conversation but it seems like they've got some some glaring weaknesses and it seems like they haven't been as dominant and I think that's a great thing for the NFL heading into next weekend. Yeah, it does feel like uh, it's basically a race to see who wants to lose in the NFC title game in Green Bay. That, that, that's uh, I what mean, it feels that's like. what it feels like. Yeah, I, I would agree with you.
and like the AFC, and you mentioned earlier with, you know, Cincinnati could have as good a shot as anybody because Tennessee's the one seed, and I don't know that oh. anybody's uh, in- intimidated by, by Tennessee. <laughs> but, like, in, yeah, in the NFC, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Say. I just, I, I mean, if we're looking at who do you Cincinnati. think, who do you think's the low seed? That's no most nightlife. likely to win. No nightlife. Um, no COVID. Who's who's the low seed that's most likely to win in the wild card round in the NFC? Is it Arizona over the Rams? I think Philly. I'm calling my shot. Philly over Tampa? Okay. I right. think Philly is. Uh, Tampa Bay has had to pull out victories late in games, and they are struggling to get to where they're getting to. I say come playoffs, some of these these plays that they're able to make, I don't know that they're there. I'm, I'm glad Evans got going in this game and and is active, but I just don't see Tampa in the light that I did last year. I think they're susceptible, and I think a team like Philly could sneak up on them because they're better. They got better as the year went on, and they're better than what people think. And if you're looking at this game that they just played where they got their heads kicked in, they were resting guys. They are slowly, slowly playing this game and I think even if they come up short, it's going to be a better game than what people are anticipating. But I think they can knock off Tampa. Uh, I think Tampa I, Bay is going to beat them handily. Okay. I, I think the difference is just going to be Tom Brady's experience in the playoffs and, and more of just how he goes about measuring when he wants to take risks. Like he, It seems like he never feels pressure. And even when he does, he makes the play that doesn't lose the game. That's my only concern for the Eagles because they're going to go in there, to your point, LeVar, really, what do they have to lose? You're a wild card team. You wildly exceeded expectations for Nick Sirianni in his first year. You're in a spot where I don't know that anyone thought, which, by the way, could play to his detriment in the future because now the bar is set in Philly, and you know how the Philly fan base is. Oh, yeah. They're going to be like, well, we were a playoff team last year. What happened in 2022? And you're going, well, yeah, there's a little more to that, but – I digress. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. It could it could be a scare for Tampa. To me, the look at the home record and the away record for Arizona. I mean, Arizona's dominated on the road this year. Yep. They could be getting J.J. Watt back, Jonas Knox's all-time favorite player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot that could be happening in that game, and I don't know, man. It just it feels like the way the Rams have played the last few games – it could be a problem for them. Like that that matchup versus the Cardinals could be a problem. See, I, I'm just confused because uh, look, they got rid of Jared Goff. So what's I mean, like they got rid of Goff. So we should be fine here. I mean, Matt Stafford's the MVP, right? I mean, that's I mean that's what I've been hearing that Matt Stafford's the MVP. Uh, they finally have a quarterback there. Yet here we go again. It's the same story. Why can't they beat San Francisco? Like like what is it? Like yesterday we were texting back and forth about it, and there was a drive where the Niners ran the ball 10 straight plays, and the only time they threw it was Debo Samuel throwing a touchdown pass. Like, just down their throat, the, like, the entire drive, and just kept running the ball. Like, what, is, what is wrong with the Rams when they see the 49ers? Is it just because the, those coaches know each other so well? Shanahan knows McVay the what way he does? What does that have to do with the players, though? See, to me... The players needed to to step up, and it looked like they were going to. You know, they 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 got a little physical at the end. It got close, and it just I don't know. They're just not able to to seal the deal on those guys. Yeah, it's uh, weird. How's that play out with the players? Like, at times, maybe the best defensive player in the league year in year out 
I see. I see him kind of. I don't want to say disappear. He kind of like, disappears. You I was watching the game and I was like, "Where's Where Aaron Donald? Yeah. Like, how is this the case?" I mean, it just—it's odd because if you actually go through statistically speaking, he's had. I mean, granted, it's a divisional opponent, but he's had more sacks versus the Cardinals than any other team he's played against in his career. And as far as like tackles, tackles for like all that stuff. He's been as successful versus them as any team outside of maybe Seattle's other team he's, he's really showed out against. But it feels like of late, and maybe that's more since Kyler Murray's taken over, that hasn't necessarily been the case. Like It's almost like the mobility of Kyler Murray and the way Cliff Kingsbury's gone about nullifying Aaron Donald in games, it's been effective. I mean, it, it's, it's worked from time to time. So that's where... I'm curious to see if Darnold will play the impact, if the stars will align and will show up. And that's what, obviously, the Rams are betting on. Because that's what they bet on before the season with Matt Stafford. That's what they bet on during the season, bringing in Odell Beckham, that as a compliment to Cooper Cup. I mean, they were betting on Jalen Rams and Aaron Donald, these high-priced stars showing up and then leading them through the playoffs to a potential Super Bowl. And uh, the Niners, as we discussed, they will be at Dallas. That's uh, this upcoming Sunday, 4.30 Eastern time. Uh, and then the Cardinals-Rams game is the Monday night game. So a wild card game on Monday night uh, uh, in Los Angeles. I like do, you think it's the, do you think it's the San Francisco-Dallas game? Is that what you think? Uh, well, I, I think uh, as far as the lowest seed to win, uh, I'm going to say Arizona. The lower okay. seed most likely to beat a team. There's just <laughs> there's some, I, know it's not, I know it's not a stretch. I, no, I no, 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 no. It's, it's not a, that. It's not that. I also think there's another reason why you're saying that. Why is that? Well, because you get to ride that L.A. fan base for a little bit longer, hmm. you know? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, come on, listen, come I mean, on. look. Right. As, as you would say, all those Ram ball washers well, no, they, well, that's the problem. There really aren't that many Rams ball washers, as indicated by the game yesterday. I mean, that was a Niner home game. We, we could try and say whatever we want. It just, it feels like there's something missing with the Rams. I don't know. It just feels like there's something not right with the yeah, Rams. Yeah, they're, they're not the Raiders. I, yeah. Oh, I, 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 oh stop that. that. that I, I know shot. what's missing. What's that? You know, there's just not the same Paisan passion that Jimmy Garoppolo brought to that game. That's I'm a good point. You, yeah, He's got the Paisan passion, baby. That's he, a good point. I'm just telling you, I, I've not seen the same passion from Stafford. No, so. absolutely not. They and, beat uh, it out of him. <laughs> I mean, golly. He, he does. Name he, a guy under more fire for as long <laughs> as Jimmy Garoppolo. I know. Jeez. And you know what? Never bitches about it. Never complains. Never never no. cries. He doesn't pull a Baker Mayfield and go on social media and throw a tantrum. Just wears it. Uh, you know, goes, uh, gets his team into the postseason, and then probably uh, they're going to part ways after the year. Just the way it works. Are you sure about that? I, like, I, I think there was, like, a lot of cases made by Carr and Jimmy G, like other quarterbacks who were like, if you had a doubt about what you feel about me, especially Derek Carr, I just the way he's played the past few years, but this season in particular – I don't know if you're a Raiders fan, how you can't love him for, for what he's been able to do. It's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. So there's a little bit of controversy in the NFL. It played out on the big stage. We will discuss and hear from both parties. It's yours next here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Yeah! I can hear you! Come on! 
Everybody. <laughs> Come on, Jonas. Nice. Clap your hands. Man. Clap your hands, Jonas. Trying to Come be on, a, Jonas. Uh, clap your hands. Trying to do a professional Jonas? show here. Jonas. Right. Come on, Jonas. Who is it? Jonas. What, Come on, what's Jonas. What's with the heavy metal on a Monday? I don't get it. Jonas. It's weird, man. It's uh, two pros <laughs> and a cup of Joe here. Hey, I know you had a, a theme song, bro. <laughs> Jonas. <laughs> LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox uh, with you. Um, so uh, coming up later on the hour, we're going to have the uh, the news with Brady Quinn. Uh, so we'll get into all that for you here. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's a Monday, and it's been a, a wild weekend for a lot of people. So it could be uh, some interesting stories out there from uh, Brady Quinn. So you can stick around for that. Uh, by the way, uh, we are going to hear from a couple of people involved in a very controversial moment in the NFL. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you saw this, Brady. I just want to throw this out there. Um the betting line for the national championship tonight it's ticked down towards Alabama a little bit. Now it's, dropped a uh, half point. It's hmm? ping-ponging around. Yeah, what do you think about that, huh? Starting to get uh, nervous. You laughed at me when I had uh, Bama plus three for my uh, my pick on Friday, so I just wonder if you're getting a little nervous here. So well, the line, open, the line open for those of you who haven't followed it at two and a half mm-hmm. in favor of Georgia laying the two and a half points. It ticked up in most books to three and a half, and it's been bet down now back to three, which I think is a fair number. I think it's kind of a dilemma for a lot of people out there who are who are into the gambling world because, you know, you go back and you look at the last match in the SEC championship game, and I always say, like, that's one of those outliers. Like, that's one of those games where if these two teams played ten times, Bama would beat the crap out of them like they did in the SEC championship game, and Georgia would beat the crap out of them on each side of it. And then you'd have eight other games where they're all pretty close. Maybe each team wins. Like, I do think these two teams are that close. And if not for one quarter, I mean, one quarter has changed the entire perception about this matchup and why a lot of people are taking the points in Alabama. And it was the second quarter of the SEC championship game. You know, Alabama scored, I want to say it was like 31-7. to was from the start of the first, or second quarter to the first drive into the second half, that was the point differential, and that was the separation. Now, a lot of that, you know, was a little bit, you know, hearsay. You know, you, you had a turnover for Stetson Bennett in the red zone, a pick six kind of added to it, made the score look worse than it actually was. But these are two really evenly matched teams. They've been the best two teams in college football this year. I, I can't wait, honestly. I cannot wait to see this game. I don't think if you're picking this game – the spread is where you want to go until maybe right before the game. If you feel really good about one side, I just go straight money line, and then I would play the under. I think the under is probably the better bet between um, you know the, the spread or at least the, you know over under for this game. I'm curious to see what the ratings are going to be like because there is this feeling, um, and, I, and I've heard this thrown out there. Well, another SEC game. It's too regional. Another isn't the point of a championship game in any sport the hope that you get the two best teams in the sport and they're going to yeah. square. It? So if that's the case, I'm in. I don't care where. I don't care what region this is from. I don't care that this is SEC versus SEC. If these are the two best teams in college football, and we're getting them in a national championship, uh, no complaints here, man. I'll take that every single time. And in a lot of sports, we don't get that. It's like in the NFL, maybe some matchups we wish we could see that we never got to see because somebody slipped up on their way to a Super Bowl. At least we're going to get to see these teams. And I don't care that we saw them once before. They're the two best teams in college football. Let's roll it out and go. To I'm see in. them, but to see them play once before only sets the stage for in my my opinion a better matchup you you know these two teams now have tape on one another 
that they can film that's directly associated with their meeting. Now, the question is, do you stay true to who you are? Because that first meeting to win the championship, they're being true to who they are. Whatever their wrinkles are, they're going to have their wrinkles. But make no mistake about it, teams as good as those two, they do not change their their DNA and their identity uh, for another team. So now one team comes out on top. I mean, convincingly comes out on top. The other team doesn't. Now the other team has to think about why is it that we came up so short? The other team has to look at it as why were we able to be so dominant? Can we recreate that? Can we keep them off balance with some different wrinkles that may may work in our favor? I think strategically speaking, even though the coaches have not done that well against Alabama coaches, they're still going to be as prepared as they possibly can for this game, which makes this a much, much more competitive game coming into it. So if a team is able to dominate this game tonight, they are really that good. Like it's not it's not up for debate. It's not by accident. That team is really as good as advertised if they're able to dominate the other. This is right. The football gods got it right. These are the yeah. two best teams yeah. playing. You know, they're gonna be without Josh Job, who was second on the team in tackles in that SEC championship game, that victory for Bama uh at cornerback. He's not playing, and then John Mechie who, you know, caught, I want to say, he almost had like 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. He actually led the team in receptions this season for Bama. He's not going to be there either. And there's actually another cornerback that's going to be a game-time decision, which would prompt the play of quite possibly the the coolest name in all of college football, Kool-Aid McKistry, who's a freshman, (laughs) would be thrusted into that spot. But um, it's just something to keep an eye on. I I do think it's going to be a great game, and to your point, LeVar, it's – you know, like it's hard to bet against Bama, Nick Saban, Bryce Young, who's the Heisman Trophy winner, and they, you know, they really couldn't get much going in the passing game versus Cincinnati. I'll be curious to see if, I mean, someone's due, right? One of these assistants is due to to beat Nick Saban, to beat Alabama, or Kirby Smart. You can make that case is due. So. I guess maybe I'm leaning to Georgia if I was going to lean one side or the other. Uh, It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. Whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch, the biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. All right, so uh, a little bit of controversy in the NFL. Uh, two people directly involved with the situation. You're going to hear from them coming up here next. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, ladies and gentlemen, I present to thee the one and only Eddie Garcia. All right, thank my you, guy. Jonas. Uh, thank you for presenting yeah. the. Uh, my guy. We had the finals, final Sunday of the NFL regular season and it was capped off by one of the best games of the year Sunday night in Las Vegas Raiders and Chargers go overtime now had it ended in a tie both teams would have made the playoffs but the Raiders get a field goal from Daniel Carlson on the final play of regulation to get the 35-32 victory so the Chargers are out Raiders are in Vegas the five seed they'll play out the four seed Cincinnati in the first round Saturday 4 30 p.m. Eastern on NBC the 49ers had to win to get in they beat the Rams in LA 27-24 in overtime rallying down 17-0 to get that win. San Francisco the sixth seed. They'll play at the three seed Dallas Sunday, 4.30 Eastern time on CBS. The Rams uh, still win the NFC West because the Cardinals lost the Seahawks 38-30. So the Rams are the four seed. Cardinals the five seed. They'll go uh, head-to-head Monday night. 
8.15 p.m. Eastern on ABC ESPN. Seahawks, I mentioned, beat the, uh, lose to the Cardinals. Um, the Colts lost to the Jaguars 26-11. to Indy, with a win, would have gotten the playoffs, but uh, that loss opens the door for the Steelers, who beat the Ravens 16-13 in overtime. So Pittsburgh gets the 7th seed. They'll play at the 2 seed Kansas City Sunday, 8.15 Eastern on NBC. Buccaneers over the Panthers 41-17. Green Bay gets the 2 seed in the NFC. They'll host the 7th seed Philadelphia. That'll be Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Titans get by the Texans 28-25. Tennessee gets the one seed in the AFC playoffs and a first-round bye. Packers lose to the Lions 37-30, but Green Bay already had locked up the number one seed in the NFC playoffs, and they get the first-round bye as well. Bills win the AFC East title, beating the Jets 27-10, while the Patriots lost the Dolphins 33-24. So Buffalo, the three-seed, will host the six-seed New England in the first-round Saturday 8:15 Eastern on CBS. Bengals lose to the Browns 21-16. Saints over the Falcons 30-20. New Orleans misses the playoffs because the 49ers won. Vikings beat the Bears 31-17. There are reports this will be the final game for both head coaches in this one. Matt Nagy, Chicago, and Mike Zimmer of Minnesota. And the Washington football team beat the Giants 22-7. Could have been the final game for Giants head coach Joe Judge. Now back to LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox in the Fox Sports Radio studios. Tony, right now I know what the NFL is doing. To scam that right as the show ends that's when all the news is going to come out on the coaches like, as, as a direct shot like we're, we're going to be like tj watt getting hit in the balls by the league because they want to make make announcements at you know nine eastern time like just make them now you've already made your decisions you know what you I, were doing a week ago make them now so we can is talk it because about they it. don't like your, your musical uh obsession over i don't know what, it's 100%. I don't know what is it that? is that's it's 100%. insulting what, whatever what it is it's a bunch of crap man uh, all right it's a uh, two pros to a cup of Maybe joe you don't like skyline chili uh we hey, are gonna have uh, we are going to have the BQ news uh, coming up in about uh, 15 minutes from now. Um, so the uh, big topic of conversation was the decision by uh, Brandon Staley to call that uh, uh, that timeout when he did last night with the Raiders uh, sitting on a third down, third and four, I believe, and uh, you know, uh, and shotgun. And uh, Brandon Staley called a timeout, which some people were confused by at the time. Uh, here was the Chargers coach uh, defending his decision and explaining it afterwards. I understand the criticism. We felt like we could get the run. We felt like um, the personnel grouping that they had out there, they weren't in a goal line defense. We felt like we had a plenty good enough, you know, play call for that. And um, they took away the the advantage look. And um, it just didn't go down for us tonight. So basically, had we just made a tackle and stopped him, then we're not even having this conversation. But they got gutted like they were getting gutted in the run game, especially on that final drive, whether they were gassed out or not. They gave up the big run, and it set up the Raiders for a more makeable field goal, and they won the game. That's it. Like, like, I, like this idea. Like, do you think the Raiders were actually like going for a tie? They were going to take a knee. Like, is that like there's there's that's a real conversation that was happening. That the Raiders were going to take a knee in that game. Like, I, I don't know where, where are we at with this. I mean, I don't think anyone thought they were going to take a tie. I think, you know, you listen to Brandon Staley's explanation, and LeVar can speak to this. You know, the last thing you want is to be stuck out there in a personnel grouping where you don't feel like you've got a good matchup or you, don't, you can't run the defense you'd like to in a key situation, mm-hmm. which, you know, to me, I, I think is pivotal in that moment. And it was something that if you look at early in the game, in particular on third downs, the Chargers were trying to do that to the Raiders. They were trying to run hurry up between second down and third down to force the Raiders to have to play with their personnel that was on the field and stop them on third down. So it, it really kind of went both ways. And, and I think, 
you know, I don't know, maybe that played a factor in Brandon Staley's mind, knowing his offense is doing that against the Raiders, and then thinking, hey, the Raiders are going to try to do this against us. You know, it's some of those in-game, like mental mind games staffs play against one another, but I, I think at any point in time, when the team's driving down the field, they have a chance to go win the football game. You, you probably want to try to put your best personnel grouping, whatever gives you the best chance to win. I, I had no problem with them calling the timeout. Yeah, I agree with that. And and listen, you're 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 one hundred percent correct. If you need to burn a timeout in order to make sure that you're matching up the right way, because let's be clear, if you don't match up the wrong way, that could that could end in a bad bad outcome. If you don't match up right, so uh, people find you know how many people are up in booths. You know that teams have at least what ten people up in a booth. Watching down, taking notes, quality control, defensive coordinator, sometimes the offensive coordinator. You know, you have so many different people up there that are monitoring the matchups, what what the tendencies are, what what's being called, what coverages, what plays, you name it. And all that information is going into what the personnel groupings are going to be, what the play calls are going to be. And it's that intricate in terms of detail for the teams that have success to be right on their calls. You know, you're going to want to bracket coverage some guys. You're going to want to man coverage some guys. You're going to want to be more stout to one side of the offensive line. You might want to be more stout to the inside of the off, of the offensive and, and the interior line. Uh, you may want your linebackers closer to the ball. You may want them further back from the ball. So there are a lot of little details that play a part in having those successes so you 100% want to make sure in those type of uh, scenarios that are playing out in such a crucial part of the game that you get it correct. There was also some thought to they had a timeout left. Why didn't they try and freeze Carlson? You know, they had that timeout when, when he's, you know, lining up to make the kick. Why not try and freeze him there with that timeout? And they didn't do that. Now, afterwards, uh, Rick, uh, Rich Pisaccia, he spoke about uh, the decision and whether or not a tie entered his mind at all in that spot. You know, we had conversations about it the whole, you know, towards that end there. But if you remember, we ran the ball early. They didn't call a timeout. So we thought probably they're doing the same thing. So we thought if we can have a run in there that probably possibly could get us in field goal position to win it, we were going to do that. And that's what we did. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, you think if Joe Judge was there, they just ran a quarterback sneak. Oh, maybe. Oh, that. Yeah, maybe. A, a lateral and then take a knee. Uh, just like you know, like guys, guys, let's get make sure we're out of field goal range to make this happen. Let me throw just a hypothetical at you. Say they they run the ball there, they get stopped for no gain. So they're sitting with a fourth down from the Charger thirty nine yard line. Do you think they try and kick the field goal to win it? What was the what was the yardage that they needed? Uh, they were at the thirty nine, so it would have been a so, fifty six yard field goal. But it was what? How many yards to a first down? Four four yards. Four so yards. I think it more matters how much time was. Left. Yeah. So so let's right. say they get stopped, and then the Chargers call a timeout. So there would be thirty something seconds left, and the Raiders would have a fourth and four from their own thirty nine yard line. At that point. Do you think the Raiders try the kick or punt it away and play it safe and pin them deep? Uh, I think you still have to try the kick and then take your chances. To, if, if, that, if that's your goal is to win the game. Now, if you're sitting there saying to yourself, uh, what gives us the best chance of prolonging? It's probably punting because the Chargers would, would have had what? Would they exhaust their last time out? Um, that's what I was, that was my next question. Did they, they have any They would have one left. left. They would have one, one left. Out. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. With it, 30 seconds left in the game. 30 seconds. 30 seconds, and, one timeout. Let's and, just say you got to go 90. Well, not you got to kick the field goal. Yeah. Okay, but you would give Herbert the ball with a timeout, 30 seconds left at the at – If what, you the, miss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's, but but that's the, I'll take those odds. You can't be resulting like that. We do that so often in life, where we we take the result and we start to work back what our what our decision should have been. You have to look at what gives you the best chance to win the game. And also, Carlson has been lights out in that stadium, and he's got. He's got I think you got to take the. You got to take the chance. <laughs> For Verno. Uh, all right, it's uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up next, it is the news with BQ. Uh, always a wild ride here to close up shop. We'll get into it right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. It's a cold, cold world out here, man. Is. You are one greedy person to do some stuff like that. Man. What did I didn't do it? No, I'm saying, in, oh. in, in, like, you know, this is weird. By, by the way, how about the guy who uh, emergency landed his plane on the train tracks out here, and they had, they had to rescue him from White man plane. airport, baby. They had to rescue him from his Hit airplane the button. right as a train came through and blew, uh, blew up his, uh, his plane. What? Yeah. yeah. But, but they couldn't. Could they hear you or could they not hear you? Yeah, they, they could hear me. They yeah. could have heard. Well, that's that's what it's go. called, White Man Airport. Oh, okay. White right. Man Airport? Yeah. Really? In Pacoima. Okay. Okay. White man. Out of all, out of all places, I know. White man airport. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, Hit it one more time. Yeah, I mean, Hit please. One more time, Berto. <laughs> yeah, come on now. Give yourself Racist. one more. Take a bow. There you go. Take a bow. All Especially right. on a Black Monday. I do. Right. Right. Oh right. my God. Hit Can the button. You that? Hit the button. What do you mean? Like I'm go. just saying. Like, right. though, I mean, you know, like colors are just on, but we don't have to take it literally. I mean, Jesus. I just want. I just want to get to to Brady's news report because right now we are so far off of the rails. I am. I am very nervous about if we will have a show tomorrow. If you missed any of this show, you can check out the podcast at Fox. FoxSportsRadio.com. <laughs> Afterwards, we'll be back on the air 6 a.m. Eastern Hopefully. time, same time we tomorrow. Hope. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, but right now, it is time for this. News. Turn on the news. Let's go to the news desk. What's the good news? Here's Brady Quinn. And away we go. What do we got, superstar? Let's well, some sad news to begin with. Obviously, uh, most of you have probably heard late last night, Bob Saget yeah. uh, died at the age of 65. He young. was actually touring through the state of Florida. Yeah, young, but... Probably most memorable uh, as a comedian, but also for Full House, um, being kind of that that father figure in, in Full House. Uh, but but sad deal. Uh, 
don't necessarily have details of, of how it exactly happened, but I also kind of don't want to don't want don't want to really know. But just a, a sad time as uh, one of the, the I don't know if you want to call him a father figure character yeah, on father TV. Figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. He, he was um, that to a lot of people. So when Norm McDonald died, um, Norm McDonald was really a, like a really private person. Nobody knew that he was dealing with cancer or anything. Yeah. But one of the few people who did know that something was up was Bob Saget because they were such cl- close friends and remain close. And Bob Saget, I actually listened to his, he did like a tribute bo- uh, podcast to Norm McDonald and he was just emotional and crying and yeah. like r- like really devastated by the loss. And then to just think like, a, you know, a couple months later, whatever it was, now he goes at 65 with no reports that he had any issues with like illness or anything like that. Uh, the, the I guess the examiner said it doesn't appear to be foul play or any drugs involved. Just a, a sad situation. Hey, he was big time on AFV too. Yeah. Loved him yep. on America Funniest Videos. So yep. yeah. 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 So sad day, sad day. Yep. Moving on though. Um, don't want to, don't want to end on a down moment. Uh, yep. Kind of odd situation happening over in Australia. Have you guys kind of follow what's happened with Novak Djokovic yes. and, and his the visa? Vaccination and <laughs> yes. well, so, so look, here's the deal. Upon stepping foot uh, into Australia as he's trying to prepare for the Australian Open, which I believe begins January 17th, um, he, he's not vaccinated. Well, that's a problem in Australia, especially if you're a visitor coming in. However, he thought he had the proper documentation to prove that he's got immunity because he's had COVID recently. Right. He tried to provide that. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't enough there for the border force. And the officials have had him in quarantine since Thursday of this past week. Now, he was recently given his visa back, but this is still up for interpretation as to whether or not he'll be able to stay and actually play tennis in Australia. Uh, some of the restrictions in Australia... I mean, you, you like if anybody out there thinks your place, uh, you know, wherever you're at right now, is has got a lot of restrictions when it comes to COVID and some of the protocols. Australia is crazy. I yeah. mean, like people weren't allowed to leave their houses mm. for for a while uh, unless they ended up getting you vaccinated know, that was, or whatever. That was America too. No, no, but this this is like, no, like this is a different Australia level. is oh, okay. like yeah. a crazy over the top. To yeah, what I, do, people I, are I, I read about you leaving. the article about the guy who literally tried to jump out, climb out the window. Yeah, yeah. You did say that. Yeah, yeah. Say people that. just losing their minds out there. Well, mm. and let's not forget too that he is the number one ranked tennis player yeah. uh, in the world, like ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's up there for that, but at least yeah. currently right now. By the way, you no, know, he's kind of like ever. Yeah, he's there. He's, he's, up, in the he's up there. He's yeah. up there with well, yeah. I know my yeah. tennis. Yeah. yeah. He's up there. Yeah, I know my tennis. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to get into a matchup, which you get it match. I'm not going to get into a ah, matchup. Oh, well done. Yeah. Wait, well way done. To, way point. to serve that up. Yeah, right. point for game one. 40 love, baby. There you go. 40 love. All right. There we go. All right. Last one. If I said the name Ryan Kaji to you, you guys probably have no idea who that is. That is correct. Uh, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay. Right. It, it, well, it should sound familiar <laughs> yeah, to you. Right. Um, do you? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming everyone's seen the videos of the little kid who opens up toys, right? It's become like a YouTube sensation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or TikTok or YouTube. Yeah, it is YouTube. Well, probably probably on both, yeah. on, on a bunch of I know of what you're platforms. talking about, though. Okay. So Ryan Kaji is that 10-year-old kid. Okay. He is him and his family have literally built this thing into a multi-million dollar. Yeah, he makes empire. like six hundred. What does he do? A like, week. does he play with them or just open them up? He, he opens them he, up, he does but play he's actually yeah. He'll he'll kind of show you how they work and cool things about them, different things. There's all sorts of stuff. But if I was to ask you, 
how much he makes annually. What do you think that number is? Uh, uh. Like I said, like, it's like 600 a week I, hear, I heard he's making. So 600. That's 24. Mm. I think um, just based on the job, like I pay based on the job. And for opening up toys, I'll give him like, like 12 bucks a day. That's it. I'm saying 28 million. 28 okay. million. Close. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Jonas was way off. He makes uh, annually, they're thinking it, it exceeds 25 million. Jesus. He's got 10 separate YouTube channels. And it's all part of uh, kind of this, this, I guess it's called Ryan's World. It's like this content behemoth. So it can live Ron on TikTok, all these other social platforms. But it's, it's said to be worth $250 million. For opening toys? Yeah. yeah. Literally built this thing up. It's a community. Which, he built by this the community. Way, I mean, is he going to get taken advantage of by his parents? I feel like, you know, it, it like was something that was cute in the beginning, and no. now they realize they can make it a quarter. <laughs> now he's like a Britney business. Spears now. For, exactly. Oops, I did it again. For opening I toys? opened a toy. Opening toys. I played with that toy. I get 25 M's. Let me tell you something. Pay that man. I wouldn't give, I wouldn't give that kid 10 bucks. Oh my toys. gosh! Get out of here! You're Open, a hater. Opening toys? Was he Tom? Open them toys. Was he Tom Hanks off the toy. He get all get the toys here. in the world. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com, and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.